We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Raptors Nation? Welcome back into the Raptors Nation podcast. I'm your host, Luca Rosano. Joining me is Sean Davis. He is back. He is ready to go as uh, Sean's got a Lakers game to get ready for in uh, in about an hour. So uh, I appreciate his time hopping on this pod. We're going to talk about the Raptors' first preseason game. We're going to get into Darko's .5 offense. And then at the end of the show, we're going to get into our predictions for this season as the NBA regular season is just around the corner. Before we dive right into it, do us a solid hit a like over here on our YouTube channel on this video. It helps it a ton. Subscribe to the Raptors Nation YouTube channel, trying to hit 1K subs. And also, wherever you find your podcast, be sure to leave us a five star rating. Sean, welcome back. I am uh, a man of my word. I said Sean would be back soon enough. And here he is, a couple weeks out from the regular season. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for having me back on, Luca. This is a ton of fun. Uh, I'm going to spend the first couple of minutes just giving you your flowers. Uh, Luca has taken over the channel, uh, what, two months ago now? Right? Yeah. Well, I would say about a month and a half. Yeah. August. Yeah. Like yeah, post summer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Summer league. Yeah. 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 You're right. You're right. And Lu all Luca has done in the time since has consistently pumped out like great content, better than I ever could for the channel. Um, like his hit several videos have hit two, I mean, over a thousand video, a uh, thousand views, almost got the channel to 500 subscribers. That's all Luca. I'm glad I could be a small part of it, but Luca shout out to you, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm super excited for the growth of the channel, your own personal channel as well. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a, a fun year. Uh, even though I'm not covering the Raptors like I was last year. It's gonna be a, still a really fun year. Um, and I might watch a lot more Raptors games that thought it was Luke and we'll talk about why in a little bit I appreciate that Sean and uh you know some big news for you as well Sean is now uh hosting the post game post game show after Trevor Lane you're gonna have Sean Davis over there at the Lakers Nation covering the games and uh like I said he's got to get ready for the Lakers game uh in just an hour no I don't there's no Braun no Austin no AD I don't have to get ready for anything I could just show up I could I could probably show up a half an hour late tonight and get away with it <laughs> And that's the, that's the thing about preseason. I was talking to Sean about this off air. 
we just want the real thing to start. Like preseason yeah. is exciting for the first. I've gotten two games. games, right? But yeah, after you get over those first initial games, like bring on the real stuff because you want to see players in action. But right. speaking of the preseason, the Raptors only played one preseason game. It's weird, Sean. I don't know what the reasoning is, but like the Lakers are about to play their third game. Some of these teams get. And they're going to play their fourth Friday. Their fourth game, and the Raptors are going to play their second game on Sunday. And the Raptors only have four preseason games in total. Meanwhile, the Lakers, yeah. I believe, have seven. So Six. Unless I'm yeah. missing one. I think it's six. So I have no idea why the Raptors play fewer preseason games. So I, I don't know. I guess uh, that's good news for the Raptors. Hopefully they are fresh for their regular season. But sticking to their first preseason game, I just wanted to kind of go over our takeaways, main things that stood out to us when watching this team. I did do a full-on live uh, stream after the Raptors won. Another and, thing, uh, shout out to you for doing that. I think I did one of those last year. Oh, yeah, shout out to Luca. Yeah, we did we did that one together actually, and I think the Raptors lost that one. So it was nice to actually <laughs> do a live stream in which the Raptors won. But one. yeah, I uh, yeah, I'll get us started. Uh, I'll get us started here. I think yeah, my main takeaways for starters it was good to see the Raptors win in the game, and you know, and it was good to see the vibes a lot better, Sean. I mean. This team was playing like just a different style of basketball. They were moving the ball around. Yeah. Ball movement was at an all time high. Different guys touching the ball. I love that yeah. the Raptors were able to rack up the assists. They were able to, you know, get different guys involved. I like Gary Trent Jr. Uh, as, you know, he got revealed as a sixth man. He had a great game. Scotty yeah. Barnes looks like he might be ready for that next step. And uh, just the bench as a whole, and it is a separate video on this, looks promising. You got, you're going to yeah. potentially have a deep bench. And, you know, uh, Grady checked into the game late in the third quarter. He kind of got like a hero's welcome, which was cool to see in front of that Vancouver crowd. So all in all, it was a very promising opener for the Raptors. They looked a lot better. The ball moved a lot better. The vibe seemed better. And... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know it's just a preseason game, but you got to feel good if you're a Raptors fan after seeing that performance because it does look like the Raptors are going to have a different style to them, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. So... Those are just some of the things that stood out to me, and uh, I'm excited to see the further development of the young guys, obviously being under a player development coach in Darko Ryakovich. So, Sean, from what you saw, what stood out to you the most? Because you saw how much of a disaster last season was from this uh, was for this team. What stood out to you the most in the Raptors' first preseason game? <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to. Uh, I was trying to put 
the uh the sound panel back up and just fell again. But um the like you said, man, the they're playing with the, a ton of energy. The ball was moving a ton more, uh, a lot better than it had been. And I, I think Nick Nurse is a, is a good, a great head coach. But it, you can kind of tell that they just needed a different voice in the locker room. I think sometimes, you know, a coach's voice can kind of get like played out in a locker room. And, and when that happens, you have to notice it. And uh, the Raptors did notice it and they, they moved uh, accordingly. Um, we'll talk about it later, but this Raptors team – might be better than I initially thought they were going to be. Um, and I think that's because you don't want to overreact the preseason, right? So I'm not just saying this because the Raptors actually won their preseason game. Cause how I view preseason preseason is more about process over results. So like if the Raptors had lost by 15 or lost by 13, which is what they wound up winning by, they lose by 13 Based off the, I was able to watch a little bit of the film earlier, Luca, and I would have been like as ecstatic to talk about the Raptors as I am now, even though they won by thirteen. So, um, and I'll explain why I'm super ecstatic in, in a future in a topic that I'm sure we're gonna dive in here in, in just a sec. But um, yeah, I mean they're playing hard for Darko. Uh, Jakob Pertl is such a clean fit, and for for what this team wants to do, especially on the offensive end, um. Gary was great. I, I love some of the, the actions they ran for Gary Trent Jr. They ran this nasty set. I don't even remember. Uh, I don't even can. I can't even draw it up off the top of my head right now. But they ran this nasty set in the first quarter for Gary Trent Jr. That gets him a, a decent look at a three. I think he missed it. But it, it's so good in terms of like the play design to where I'm stealing it uh, from my high school team that I coach. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Darko, for adding to my playbook. Um, but um, yeah, it was. It was super, super fun, and I'm optimistic as an outside opinion, if you will, to for this Raptors team this season. Yeah, and it was revealed that the Raptors rolled out their starting lineup of uh, Schroeder, OG, Barnes, Seattle. Which I think we predicted. I think we predicted that. It was either that or, like, Point Scotty. It's funny, yeah. We were debating in our last show, and I think, yeah, you were – you predicted it, and you said that the Raptors are going to run Schroeder. At one point, I believe they were going to go point Scotty, but then where I kind of jump back to the idea of Schroeder starting, which is the case now, is after Schroeder had the phenomenal FIBA World Cup run. I think yeah. you know that was like solidifying, okay, like this guy's starting. You heard some of the stuff Darko said about how he thought uh, uh, Schroeder was going to do a good job this season, the familiarity between the, both those guys. Obviously, Darko coached. Uh, Dar- uh, Darko coach Schroeder in OKC. He was an assistant coach. So I think that makes sense. I know there's some people who are upset that Gary Trent Jr. is coming from off the bench, but we might get to this a little bit later, Sean. I actually like Gary Trent Jr. as a sixth man. And I mean, I'm not going to overreact to his preseason stat line in that first game, but if Gary Trent Jr. plays like that, I think we could both agree. He's got sixth man of the year potential, and he could be a lethal weapon from off the bench to inject life into raptors offense and i mean we saw it right gary comes in hits his first couple of three balls gets not only himself going which is important but just opens things up for his teammates and it's just a beautiful thing to see so i think that's something to keep an eye out for and that's gonna you know go into the bigger picture of the raptors bench being so much better because the raptors i'm excited about their bench unit you know gary's gonna be the main guy the main staple uh we saw mcdaniels who looks so good in the minutes that he played you're going to have Boucher, Precious, 
is obviously going to be there. He was injured in the first preseason game. And then what's yeah. interesting is that fifth guy is kind of up for grabs right now because Darko did say that he does like using five guys from off the bench. And that fifth guy will basically be an arms race between guys like Grady Dick, who I thought was going to be a shoe-in for that. But you still got Otto Porter Jr., who's going to be healthy. You still I got forgot. he still exists. Young. Uh, Garrett Temple, Coloco. So the point is, the Raptors have a good situation there where they have multiple guys from off the bench who can contribute. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but going back to the whole Gary Trent Jr. thing, I think he can open a lot of things up for the Raptors' second unit, which is an area that they really struggled in last season. Yeah, I mean, Gary, I'm not saying expect Gary Trent Jr. to shoot, I mean, and score 22 points a game off the bench, but. If he can be this microwavable scorer that can be a legitimate threat from three, I would. I, I think that's you know a, a good sign for you that can go create for himself. I would. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Like Gary Trent Jr. not to have five turnovers. I think all of Raptors Nation would agree with that statement. Um, I think the Raptors are just kind of overly sloppy in general. They had 20, 29 turnovers as a team. Um, now, granted, you could make a case like a lot of those turnovers did come from guys that probably aren't going to play a ton. But even then, like, Jakoproto had four turnovers. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, he only had two. But Scotty had three. Pascal had two. Like I said, Gary had five. Malachi Flynn, who I'm just, like, kind of – I don't want to say I'm out on Malachi Flynn, but I just wasn't, like, greatly impressed. Um, mm -hmm. And by, this could be his last chance to, like, you know, yeah. really find himself on this team. Yeah. Like, it wasn't – yeah, he he had this is probably his last shot in terms of like full season, uh new head coach. Yeah, man. I, I think this might be his last shot here in Toronto. But um yeah, I think Gary Trent Jr. is going to oh um maybe even unlock some of this Raptors offense, which in recent years has kind of been a, a problem for this team in this new regime under Darko. Well, that will perfectly segue us into the next thing I want to talk about. Darko's offense, his 0.5 offense. Now, I did a separate piece on this, and uh, Sean is definitely the go-to guy when it comes to X's and O's. So I wanted to get your take on this offense, Sean, and just kind of break it down for the viewers watching at home. This is what Darko said to explain it in very basic terms. He said this during the Raptors broadcast, and I quote, 0.5 offense means making quick decisions. Every time a player catches the ball, he needs to be ready to attack, shoot, dribble, or pass the ball. We want to make quick decisions. We want to be able to play with the ball very quickly. We want to be able to execute in the half-court offense and play an unselfish style of basketball. Sean, what's your take on the .5 offense and uh, what can you, you know, what insight can you provide when it comes to it? Yeah, I think with this team, it makes a ton of sense. Like I said, Jakoperto makes, he he's just such a clean fit. Like, not very many centers in the NBA I can look at the box score and say four turnovers I'm okay with. But Jakob Pertl, four turnovers in terms of because of how they're going to use him offensively, I'm kind of okay with that, right? Because Jakob Pertl, they're going to run 
a, a decent chunk of the offense where he'll be like at the elbow where I just love their elbow split action where you can get potential backdoor layups or pop out three things of that nature, delay action, which is all stuff that he's super comfortable with from his time in San, uh, yeah, San Antonio. Um, like I said, they're running a bunch of great actions, but like Darko said, and I, I'm glad he phrased it that way. Cause I thought he was going to make it overly complicated, but he did uh, make it pretty simple that it's that that's really all it is where the 0.5 offense is just simplifying the play to a certain extent where I catch it. I have three choices. Like Darko said, I can either shoot it. I can either make a play like quickly. Like I said, it's a quick reaction or I can pass it and I can go maybe cut or maybe do another action. Right. Um, and I loved, like you said, the you mentioned the ball movement, the ball moving a lot more to where even when they do like kind of go one-on-one, which wasn't even a ton. Let me double check. Yeah, the Raptors only had six scoring possessions in that first game where they had an isolation where they had a scoring possession off of ISO, which would isolation or crap scoring possessions or identified as person energy made shot, missed shot, foul, or turnover. They only had six of those possessions. But what they did have, and they didn't score well on those possessions either. But what they did have, Luca, they had nine off-screen scoring possessions, scored great, 1.22 points per possession, really, really good. They had nine handoff scoring possessions, 1.444 points per possession, insanely good. They And they had 28 spot-up scoring possessions, which is like a driving kick to a guy in the corner of the opposite wing, and I either shoot it or like drive it right back in there, and I just kind of go create a play. The Raptors scored once again above one point per possession at 1.143. 1.143. Um, so I think it's really kind of the Raptors, they're embracing this kind of offense. Oh, geez, a second sound panel fell. Um, and this again makes a ton of sense for like Scotty Barnes, who's who is his high IQ basketball player where he gets to make a quick decision and he's attacking a moving defense where he's He's a guy that can process defenses at a pretty high level, but you're making it a lot simpler for Scotty to where, okay, it's a driving kick out to me. If I feel like I can, I'm open, I'm going to shoot it. If I feel like, you know, it's maybe I don't have the, 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 the shot right here. Okay. I can either swing it, maybe get an assist, or I can drive it right back in there, use my athleticism. Um, and, and Scotty's the guy that I trust that can attack off of closeouts at a high level. So basically this point five offense Move the ball at a high level. Uh, you got to be able to attack and put pressure on the rim, which, again, Dennis is great at that. Scotty's great at that. This system even kind of makes some sense for Pascal, too, to a certain degree. I think it's maybe more ideal for Scotty and more ideal for, like, Jakob, maybe even OG, than is Pascal, where I think last season you might be probably say the opposite, right, whereas a little bit more – uh, Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam oriented and the offense kind of catered to them. I think the offense kind of caters to everybody now. And it makes a ton of sense, like I said, for, for those three guys, uh, Scotty, Jakob, and, uh, and OG, which I think is what you want to see from the Raptors going forward when especially OG and Scotty, those are the two dudes we've been saying for over a year now, Luca, that they got to step it up. And I think yeah. Darko is a player development guy and also imp- uh, implementing this offense. 
super, super excited to watch this Raptors team and kind of refreshing to see this style of play here in Toronto after what we witnessed with Dwayne Casey and then Nick Nurse. They're joining the trend in the NBA where floor spacing, floor spacing. And we never, and I'm sorry I'm going on a tangent here, Luca, but there were times in that game against uh, Sacramento where even if with Dennis Schroeder and Scotty Barnes on the floor together and Yaka Pertle, who none of them are shooting threats. I mean, Scotty can be, Dennis can be at times, but like if Scotty or Dennis shoots a catch and shoot three, you're more than what rather live with that than like a wide open layup or whatever. And yeah. even then, like the floor spacing was a lot better. And like the floor didn't seem super jammed up or clogged up. Yeah, um, a lot more, a lot less stagnant offense. That was a big takeaway that less, I forgot to mention. Yep, the the there wasn't a whole lot of stagnation. Is that a word? Um, like the ball was the ball wasn't sticking. So that just increases your floor spacing as well, because then you get opposite guys like cut into the lane and get open layups off of cuts, or even if you cut hard, that cut can lead to a wide open three on the on the opposite side. So um, yeah, it, it's it's really refreshing, Luca, seeing this Raptors offense operate at this potential level and uh really excited to see it uh going forward and i think it just makes sense for the personnel that the raptors have like correct me if i'm wrong i mean to use a 0.5 offense makes sense for a team that's not necessarily good in iso sets and the raptors don't have you know players who operated well in iso situations obviously that is a part of siakam's game but when you're lacking kind of that like go-to star, that go-to score who could take over a game, this type of offense, it fell again. This type of offense makes sense, I think. When you get more guys involved and like you said, yeah. you're not catering just to like a Siakam and Van Vliet anymore and kind of you're using your strength in numbers. So I think the Raptors personnel is perfect for a, a type of offense like this. Yeah, I agree. I think... Yeah, that, that that's kind of the best way to put it. Um, they're running a lot more five out too than I feel like they have in, in years past, which again increases the floor spacing and the driving lanes for your great drivers like Pascal, like like uh, like Scotty, like Dennis. Um, so yeah, I, I think this offense makes a ton of sense for your personnel and. To a certain extent, there's a lot of teams kind of running this five-out motion, like 0.5, if you will, offense. Like, there's only a few teams in the NBA where I'm like, yeah, they probably don't want to run this. Um, Philly's a team that comes to mind, ironically, where I'm saying, yeah, don't run this kind of offense, especially if Harden stays, right? Because Harden's an isocentric guy and Bede's an isocentric slash post-up guy. Um even like even the Lakers, ironically, they're not they're, they don't you know say like the point five thing. The Lakers are going to run more ISO than the Raptors, but in terms of like this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Like this five-out kind of free-flowing motion to a certain extent, they are running that a lot more this year. Um, the Warriors, obviously. Denver, even. I know, they, I know we think of them. 
um, with Jamal and Jokic as a team, they'll run a lot of ISO, but Denver's kind of in the LA category where in terms of their motion offense, it's going to be this five out look where they're going to make quick decisions and, and very aggressive, but at the same time, smart and disciplined and know how to attack closeouts and, you know, shit, get the ball movement like crazy. Miami's a, a another really good example, but you know, I'm super, super excited. And no, I think I would, it'd be really, really interesting. I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger, but it would, would have been really, really interesting. What Dame would look like in this <laughs> Toronto offense. I'm, I'm sorry, Luca. I don't want to do that to us. Sean. It's been a, it's been a off season of agony with I don't the, uh, open any, uh, any old wounds, but um, I think Pascal's gone after this year. I think, I just don't think in the long term, he's going to make a ton of sense for what this offense is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I honestly, I hope the Raptors just trade him before and like they don't do Fred Van Bleet all over again, but it's yeah. Masai and he's probably not going to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited for uh, this Raptors yeah. season. Yeah, and, you know, we'll leave it there. I like how you kind of left the preview of that whole conversation because I don't want to get into it today. But what I will say, and again, I don't want to overreact to one preseason game, but one of the takes I had for this team, and I said this on my personal channel, was that I think we get to a point this season, Sean, where it does feel like it's Scotty Barnes's team because you got a little bit of that feel in the preseason and granted star players don't try in the preseason in preseason games, which is why, you know, Siakam was inactive and I'm no way looking at his performance from that night. But what I am saying is I think this season will reveal to us, especially if Scotty Barnes takes that leap because this is contingent on that. And I truly believe he does take a leap that it will feel like it's Barnes's team. And then the Raptors do have a decision of what they want to do. Siakam, if you coexist with Scotty Barnes at a high level, great. But then you got to decide, okay, like we might have to pay Siakam super max money if he makes the all NBA team. So is that going to work long-term with these two pillars or is it going to come down to, you have to choose one or the other. And obviously Masai Ujiri and company have to make that decision and we'll see what ends up happening because Please don't pick Pascal. Free agent. Please don't pick Pat. I'm just saying, please don't pick Pascal if Scotty breaks out this year. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So like hypothetically speaking, right? The Raptors face a huge decision. If Scotty absolutely breaks out, like he has that third year leap that we're anticipating. And then you have Siakam who's going to be due for payday. Even if he doesn't make the uh, uh, all NBA and get the super max, he's still going to be eligible for a huge contract. Right you're going to have to make a decision. I, I I don't think this is sustainable long-term where both it's these not. guys are going to, you're going to have to pay these guys both a, an extreme amount of money. Like, I think it's one or the other. That's how I look at it. it like, am I wrong? No, I, I think after this year, especially in this scenario, like you said, where uh, Pascal, I mean, Pascal gets the, or is demanding the money that he potentially deserves. And then Scotty breaks out. Yeah. I think you have to pick one or the other, which if Scotty breaks out, it's Scotty. Because he's younger and more upside. Exactly. And then in theory, you would think, okay, then you shop Seattle and then you want to get like a star, not a star, but like an intriguing like wing prospect back in that potential deal. Intriguing guard. Please get like an intriguing guard. I, I, as as a bystander, I don't want to watch Dennis Schroeder be the starting point guard for longer than this season. 
Because well, I think Dennis next yeah. year, if you can yeah. get a young good guard in here, and Dennis well, the backup, I've always said I think that's like yeah. the preferred role for Dennis. And that's where we're talking about, right? Like when we used to talk about like what direction we envision the Raptors, we weren't necessarily talking about a like full on tear down rebuild. It was no like Scotty Barnes, you know, you're building around him. If he does take this leap again, this is all hypothetical talk. He hasn't done anything yet. If he does take this leap in theory, you would want to pair him with a super intriguing guard. young guard with that upside, can, right? That can score the ball efficiently. That can yeah. kind of set the table. That's probably like a less of a priority because I think Scotty can do a decent job like setting everybody else up. Um, and I think the offense even is going to set everybody else up for themselves. Does that make sense? Like, okay, hypothetically, I don't know if this would ever be happening. This is just the first guard that popped into my head. Do not take any of this seriously. Tyrese Maxey, put him in here in Toronto. That's the oh, first thing that popped in my head, but it's not happening because like why in the in the hell would you know Philly do that? But um, like that like kind of guard that can just go score at a high level, like a shoot the three, get to the rim, has to mid range, solid playmaker, but not great. Cause I don't think like you need this elite playmaker. Um, but like that type of guard in this offense, I would really, really love to see. Yeah. And, and the pair next to Scotty. And I think that's, that's gotta be the main reason why, you know, uh, Masai during company are kind of going with the wait and see approach. I hope that's the reason why where like, they don't definitively know how the season's going to go. And it could go one of two ways, and then they're going to make their decision based on how it goes. So it's going to be very interesting. And like I said, I'm, I'm glad Sean kind of put a little preview on that combo because we could go on for another like 30 minutes when it comes to the Raptors direction. But we'll save that conversation for a later day. What I do want to end today's show with is, um, you know, our, our predictions for this season. Um, and I, I can already tell, like, Sean's tone has changed a lot more positively for the, the Raptors. Last, the last My podcast. tone has changed a lot more positively from the preseason game that we saw. Again, I'm not letting that preseason game be the all-end-all, but I think like... Luke is it, saying the Raptors are winning the championship this year, guys. <laughs> Book it. Look, it's been a hell of a last couple of months, and I think Raptors fans, you know, have maybe been overreacting to that game because they haven't had a lot to hang their hat on over these last yeah. couple of months. But... You do feel good about this Raptors team going into the season. Now, granted, there are still three preseason games, but you could tell, yeah, our tone collectively has changed. But, uh, Sean, yeah, start us off here. What are some predictions that you have for the Raptors this season? They could be bold. They can be not bold. Um, where do you see the Raptors finishing? And uh, I think you have a certain play on the Raptors winning an award because uh, I did see you made your full predictions for the season on X. Did I have him winning an award? Hold on, let me see. I, th I think you did. Oh, let me find. Or maybe it. did I, I, my bad if I confused you with somebody else. But I'm pretty sure you have somebody winning an award. If not, hold on, I'm gonna find okay. it. Uh, I do. Now we're talking see. about the NBA awards because uh, now is the time to make some predictions. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Crap. Uh. I, I mean, I think you're gonna find it because you tweet like a billion times a day. So yeah, I'm trying this uh this search thing. Uh, okay, there we go. Fish predictions. Uh, I did not. It was not a raptor, but I can do one. Oh damn. Okay, I thought I thought you did one. Okay, that's my no bad. my uh my most that. improved was Kate Cunningham, which for some reason got like a ton of backlash because people are like, 
how can a number one overall pick, you know, win most improved player? I'm like, have you watched Kate Cunningham's career? Like the yeah. dude hasn't been able to stay healthy. So like there, that in of itself, he can win most improved player. Um, okay, let's, let's simplify this. Where do you have the Raptors finishing? Sure. And then also give us a Raptor um, to win an award if, yeah, your most likely Raptor, that's a better way of saying it, the, your most sure. likely Raptor to win an NBA award. Sure. Um, Record-wise, the East is such like a, a cluster F, right? You complete the sentence. Um, because it's two teams, in my eyes, potentially a third in the East. It's Boston, it's Milwaukee, and then Cleveland, if if Evan Mobley can like be a consistent offensive presence and if Darius Garland can like put it all back together where he was like this all-star guard two years ago then he kind of had to learn to play next to Donovan Mitchell last season if he can get back to uh, and drops for a third time my sound panel if Darius Garland can get back to that bona fide all-star caliber play then I think the Cavs are going to be right there with those other two teams and I like them getting Struess but like after that there's like eight teams in the East that I think are all just going, you know, up and down. I don't really know. Like it's Miami. I like Indiana a ton, New York, Philly, Brooklyn. Uh, I think it's in New York already. Atlanta. If I didn't say Atlanta, Toronto's in that bag. I like Orlando. I like Orlando being underrated. I think I love, I love Detroit with Monty this year. Like the only two teams I don't really love are Charlotte and Washington. Even then, Charlotte's not going to be terrible, yeah. and I think Washington's going to be bad. But Charlotte's not going to be terrible, right? So I'm going to do this this way. The over under right now for the Raptors is set at 36 and a half. This is per Vandal, right? And actually, I think about that. Let me see where the Magic's over under set. Magic Which is, is pretty low, if you ask me. Like I think, uh, yeah. yeah, the Vegas is definitely banking on the Raptors having a bad year. Sheesh, the Pistons over unders at 27 and a half. Good grief. What's the Hornets? Third okay, the Hornets at 30 and a half is kind of hilarious. Um the Hornets are at 30 and a half, but the Pistons are at 27 and a half. I I heard 13. I'm like, oh my god. (laughs) I think I would take the over for this Raptors team at 36 and a half, especially because I think the most likely Raptor to win award is Scotty Barnes as most improved player. Um, I was kind of going, I mean, ironically, two guys in that class of 2021 year uh the number one overall pick in Cade uh he was number one right yeah number one overall pick in Cade and then the number four overall pick in in, in uh Scotty um for the reasons we already kind of mentioned right where Scotty's gonna make a ton of sense for this offense I think the ball's gonna be his hands a lot more this year um I would love to see the Raptors really get into their pick and roll bag with Scotty as the primary facilitator I'm super super excited to to see that um, yeah, and I think this Raptors team, if they are healthy, this team's the team that I'm not going to say outright makes the playoffs. But this is a team that could be like a 7-8 seed or like for sure, like a playing team for sure. If this team is able to stay healthy, like Dennis, OG, Scotty, Pascal, Jakob, Gary, Boucher, Precious when he gets back. Um, potentially Grady Dick, Jalen McDaniels had had pretty, you know, uh, good minutes. Otto Porter Jr., if that guy ever plays for the Raptors, Christian Coloco, I think, could potentially, uh, you know, play and be 
serviceable for you this season. But at the very least, that's like 10 dudes I just routed off that are going to be good rotation players, I think. Even Grady Dick, who's a rookie. Like, the fact that you can just shoot the, shoot the lights out of the basketball and it's a good athlete and tries defensively, I think makes him a, a you know, good rotation player for this Raptors team and another guy that's going to fit seamlessly into this uh, this Darko offense. So I, I think that's where I would lean at, Luca. And I think this is the most positive I felt about the Raptors since coming into last season. I don't think I've been this positive since this time last year, ironically. Sean, you're going in circles here. You got to just give us a seeding, man. One, universe on the line or whatever the scene is. Oh, uh, wait, yeah. wait. Give us Celtics, Bucks, Cavs. You got you, you got to hang your hat mm. on this thing because we are going to look back at these predictions of ours many months from now and see who got brought it, who got closer to it, or who got it right outright. Okay. So Lucas, you know he's you know putting me in the corner here. Uh, all right, Bucks, Celtics. This is in order. I'm just kind of rolling with the teams: Bucks, Celtics, Cavs, Heat. Philly still, I suppose. Uh, Knicks. Although I think I think the Knicks are kind of being overrated. If I'm not gonna gonna be completely yeah. honest with you. Um, and then, like I said, man, like seven, eight, nine, ten is like Brooklyn, Indiana, Atlanta, Toronto, Orlando, like Detroit. Like two of those teams are gonna miss. I think Detroit misses. I think Detroit's a year away. I forgot about Chicago too, but I, I think Chicago is going to blow it up at some point. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta seven. I'm going to be conservative. I'm going to say Toronto nine because I really love Indiana. And I I think Atlanta, I'm a little not great. Indiana seven, Toronto eight, Toronto eight, Toronto eight. Let's go. Sean's got the Raptors being an eight seed. And that's actually what ESPN projected them being in their uh, oh. predictions the other day. Uh, a, a rarity that ESPN's uh good at, at something and analysis, but you know, neither here nor there. Well, what I will say is this before I give you my prediction, there are a lot of middling teams in the East. And I realized that the other day when I actually put together my Eastern conference standings predictions, and it's safe to say, yeah, the two best teams interchangeable buck Celtics. I agree with you. I think the Cavaliers are going to emerge as that third best team. Then you got the Sixers, who I think are still going to be good. Nick Nurse is going to do a good job, even if Harden is in there and he gets traded. I think Miami, you know, you can never count them out, even though they're not really a regular season team. I could see them being a fifth seed. I agree. The Knicks, I think, do take a step back. I'm not high on the Knicks. And then this is where you're going to, like, to the middle of the pack teams. I'm not high on the Knicks, not high on the Hawks. Um, the Bulls, I think, are going to blow it up. I agree with that. I do think Orlando and Indiana are going to take those leaps. I do like the Pistons a whole ton, but I think they're a year away from taking the leap. And then I agree with your bottom two teams. Look, Sean, I've been basically a heel, you know, with the Raptors the last couple of months. And I have not liked MJF babyface turn right here. Is that where, what you know, at? the trajectory of this team has gone, but something in me, you know, one going through the standing, just seeing what the Raptors have to go up against and what's in front of them. Yeah, call it a a, a a face turn. I I'm going face going into the season. 
The Toronto Raptors are going to finish sixth, and they will get a playoff. Ooh, that's bold. Okay, I like it. I have the Raptors as a sixth seed, and I actually did have them as like a seventh, eighth seed in the offseason, so it's not like a gigantic leap forward. I did think they were going to be a playing team. I think all the talk about them missing the playing was just ludicrous. I always said from the start, even when they lost Fred, I'm like, this team's going to end up being better without Fred, and I think that's going to prove to be true, so... I think the Raptors get the six seed, but it will be dependent on something that I think is going to happen. And actually, this is going to lead me into the next thing I wanted to talk about to close out the show. Scotty Barnes will take a leap. And I actually have Scotty Barnes winning the most improved player of the year. I think he's the most likely Raptor to win an award. And I think this is the year that Scotty shuts everybody up, the naysayers. He really cements himself. And, you know, we look at him as a true pillar to build around for this Raptors team moving forward. So, I think that happens. And yeah, I think the Raptors do get a six spot and, and they do make the playoffs after a very, very, very bad previous season. Yeah. I'm excited, man. I, I really am excited. So wh- who's your award before we get out of here? Oh, Scotty. Scotty as I said, well? Scotty, Scotty's the most, yeah. The, okay, Scotty's I, the most likely. Okay, there you go. So Scotty is the most likely. I mean, like, who else would be? Award. Like, Gary? I would say Gary Trent Jr. is six man of the year. Yeah. That's the only other one that yeah. I think. All yeah. that, like, I guess if the Raptors somehow were the six seed and kind of like surpassed all expectations, Darko could get oh, coach Darko. of the year considerations. But like, nah, I, I, I don't think it's like it's, 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 you have to be like viewed as the worst team in the NBA, dang yeah. near, to get coach of the year for being the six seed. With all I mean, if the Raptors are a darn like third seed, yeah, for sure you're in that conversation. Yeah, if they're a top four seed this year, okay, yeah, yeah Darko's probably gonna get it, but like, yeah, the odds of that happening are pretty slim. Yeah, so I think I agree with that. It's Scotty Barnes followed by Gary Trent Jr. as a sixth man of the year award winner. Yeah, but yeah, that was a ton of fun, and uh, we could definitely keep going, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll stop it here. I know Sean's got a Lakers game to get ready for but sean as always man it's always a blast having you on the show definitely gonna have sean in here here and there as we go along especially during the season there's gonna be a lot to talk about always great to have an outsider's perspective of the raptors and uh yeah this was a lot of fun you can go follow sean sean is always uh tweeting away on uh or posting away on x sean where can people find you yes you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore d-a-b-i um and I don't, I don't just post Lakers stuff. It is NBA content as well. There might be a Raptor in my uh, NBA breakout list uh, for my personal podcast, the Sports Headline Show, which I highly encourage you guys checking out. Um, and yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a ton of fun, man. This this upcoming NBA season, I'm like genuinely excited for. Even though I'm not going to be uh, sleeping a ton. So, Luke, if I sleep through next year's company dinner, th- this is why I didn't sleep during the regular season, so I had to make it up. So um yeah i appreciate you so so much bro for having me on and uh yeah this was fun hope to do it again soon yeah had a blast thank you so much sean go and follow him on twitter or x i keep calling it twitter and also you can check out his work over at uh lakers nation does a great job with the post game show and uh he's gonna have a lot more content on their channel so you definitely don't want to miss that that is going to conclude today's show hit a like subscribe before you get out of here of course leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. That is it. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.